Welcome back to my podcast. Wait, what? Welcome back to my... I'm the one that's been gone. You had me gone. You may or may not know that I've been extremely ill. And that's why I haven't done a podcast in a while, because I couldn't talk. The last thing you want me to do is do a podcast like this, which is exactly how I sounded for about a month. And today I'm only at 99% of what uh, my voice should be. So uh, you're welcome. So this time I wanted to talk about making a film. Now, I've talked about being an actor and things like that and taking photographs and how the film community is weird and strange and different films as well. But today I wanted to talk about actually making your film, making a film, making a even if it's a a four minute short or a two minute short, it's still considered to me because I'm a snob, a film. And you should uh, call it that too. The first thing that most people who want to make a film start getting into is camera. They make a little film and they go, oh my God, that's terrible. Or they do it on their phone and they're like, it just doesn't look right. So they think it's their camera's problem. They think it's the, the problem with the camera and they get all technical and they get all techy about it. That's the first thing that most modern, independent, small, micro, indie, super cheap budget filmmakers do is they try to make a film that looks like it was shot on a red by a studio. Well, I can tell you right now, your camera doesn't matter. Let me repeat that. Your camera doesn't matter. Your camera doesn't matter. Your camera doesn't matter. Now that I've said that, I've bazillion times, I need to tell you why your camera doesn't matter. What really matters is how you shoot it. Now, if you're shooting a vlog or something like that, that's different. It doesn't have to be the same. If you're doing a personal experience video, like the, some guy talking about, today I went over to the, to the lodge and had a beer with my friends. Boy, look at this. Isn't it neat? You don't need to worry about composition and camera and things like that. Just shoot it and get it done. Do it on your phone. Uh, the, the biggest seller of phones these days is an iPhone. Most people have a 6 or a 7 Plus, something like that. And it's okay to shoot it on those. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem that you have with shooting a film on something like that is frame rate, one, which should always be 24 or 29. Never anything faster. Your frame rate should be 24 or 29. If you shoot faster than that, the eye catches on to it and you end up being the Hobbit. And and, and that movie is, is terrible. It's not good. Don't raise that frame rate. Keep it low. And that's half the battle. The other half of the battle is going to be your composition. If you aren't shooting it to where it's pretty, then people aren't going to like it. It's going to look bad. But your camera doesn't matter. The cameras are the camera. As long as you knock that setting down to your frame rate, not as long as you knock your frame rate down to 24 or 29 or 30 frames per second, which is all the same when it gets that slow, you're going to be fine. It's going to look good. It's going to give you what you expect. If you shoot it at 60 frames a second, it's going to look horrible. Trust me. So the best thing that you can do is get your hand, get your hands on any camera you can possibly get a hold of. Uh, any camera, any camera will do. Even if you have to shoot in 60 frames a second, it doesn't matter. 
shoot it on that camera but remember your composition where things are on the screen go and, and and do a little research into rule of thirds which i've talked about several times on my blog and here on the on, on the podcast that's something that you got to learn if it doesn't look right then it doesn't look right because probably because of two things one your composition is completely destroyed and terrible and you just need a little bit of help on that and two is your lighting because lighting does matter. How you light things does matter. If you're filming a noir, you need hard shadows and hard light. When they made the noir films, that's all they had. Those were low budget things. They had usually a camera and one light and a microphone guy, and that was it. That was a lot of those, those old, super old films in the, in the 20s and 30s that's all they had they didn't have any money for anything else because back then it was very expensive even more expensive than you could possibly dream if we adjust it for inflation those things will be huge hugely expensive but now you know if you're shooting a noir it probably won't look right you'll hate it you'll say that's terrible if you go back and look at those films they're quite bad there's some better ones you know, you've got the insurance salesman being turned into or the insurance adjuster being turned into a killer. Uh, that one. Yeah, that one was great, but it had more money than the rest. But your lighting does matter. Make sure you know where your where, where, where your shadows are falling in, in the scene. Make sure that the faces are lit. The eyes are lit and the background isn't brighter than your subject. Uh, there's a whole list of things. You can go on YouTube all day long and learn lighting techniques. It's free. It just takes your takes a little time, but you have to light it. So you're going to have to go out and buy at least three lights, some soft boxes, things like that. Now, it doesn't have to be big time lights. Uh, you can save a little bit of money there. You don't have to spend fifteen hundred dollars for one key light. That's kind of ridiculous but if you want to you know the more you more you spend on those lights the better off you're going to be your camera will do its job and you'll be like oh wow this looks so great wow this camera does such a good job and it's not the camera it's the lighting that does it i promise you that that's what i've learned over the years the better the lighting the better the look of the film if you can't afford a bunch of bright lights, we're talking 1,000 plus watts, and you start getting the 500 watts, which actually turn out to be only like 300 and something watts when you really get down to it, they're not that bright, and watts doesn't even matter anymore, whatever. You start getting into those lights, then what you've got is your camera has to have low light resolution, which means you need a little bit better camera than your iPhone, but, you can still do it if you don't mind the noise and the grain and the artifacts. Uh, and especially if you know if you want to do some VFX, you're going to need a better camera because you need better quality film to be able to tear up the footage with your uh, VFX that you're going to put in there. But lighting does matter. And even the basic lighting setup is going to make your films 100% better. Learn three-point lighting. Learn interview lighting. Understand when you're using a green screen, if you, which I totally don't suggest you do. When you're using a green screen, you can't be up against the green screen when you shoot stuff, for, when you shoot people. You have to be away from it. The screen has to be lit independently of your actor. So you're gonna need three to four lights for your screen to do it right, you can do it with two, and one or two lights 
I would say even more, probably three lights for your actor. So when you get in the green screen, you actually increase the cost of your production. You're going to have to buy more stuff. It's not just a green screen and go. It doesn't work like that. Watch the weatherman on the news. The weatherman do not care. The production people have told them a thousand times, but they just don't listen. They walk up against that green screen and their hand disappears. That's because they're too close. The reflection of the green screen is getting on their hand and it's being keyed out because the computer sees green. Same thing in your small film. When you're using a green screen, get away from it. Don't stand within two or three feet. Don't stand within three feet of that, of that screen. Make sure it's that far away. And there you go. Cost more. That's why, you know what, maybe you should write something that doesn't require green screen. The effects, you don't need them as much as you think. You don't need them as much as you believe you do. Uh, if you're writing a space epic, take that epic and turn it into a cowboy epic. I'm not saying shoot a Western. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to draw the inference. It's more about the people and the way they react than it is the special effects. Now, if you really just want to have a bunch of spaceships blowing stuff up, that's a whole other world that I don't live in because that's CGI effects and things like that. And, that, and that's great, but that's not what makes a story. A ship doesn't have emotions. A ship doesn't make you feel anything. It's the people in the ship that make the movie. There is another very important thing that I want to explain to you right now for all you filmmakers out there. We watch a lot of TV, especially the older guys. We want to put in our nice intro, this awesome intro into the in, in, into the film. Don't do it. Never put an intro into your short film. And if you do, yeah, just don't do it. It's not necessary anymore. Netflix, even in Amazon and Hulu, you know what they've put in to our TV shows when we binge them? Skip intro. That's because no one wants to see it. It's irrelevant. It's a time waster. You spend hours and hours and hours mulling over it and making it. And guess what? It's not worth it. I put one at the beginning of one of my short films thinking it was going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. And you know what? When I watched it, I said, oh, my God, I can't believe I put that in there. It was terrible. It's awful. It, it, it took it. It was the most worst thing I've ever seen. And I, it shouldn't have been there. It should have just popped in the story and gone on, which means you have to write a little bit better to start your film. You have to you can't just have start a film on a guy on a phone, which I've done uh, and go on from there. I mean, you can. But if it's in a short film, I guess it doesn't really matter as much. But there's better ways to open. Those are amateur young ways of doing it. You have to really work your craft. If you're doing something like a vlog or something like that, then and you want to brand yourself, then you can. You can put in that opening. Uh, it needs to be short. It needs to be three seconds to four seconds at most. Uh, some cool music, some effects, some going on, some graphics, things like that. So you're going to have to learn After Effects. You could do it differently. You could do it inside Premiere if you wanted to. You just use one of their effects, but people are going to catch on to that. The, the, the real people that know what they're doing, if you're trying to get a job, they're going to say, yeah, he just used the After, he just used the deal in uh, Premiere, and he didn't even try. He just typed it in and went on, which is cool, I guess. I mean, it looks all right. Uh, a lot of people don't notice it, won't understand it. So it's okay to do that, but only in a, only in a situation like a vlog or a teaching video, something where you want to brand yourself, then you should use it. Uh, but in a short film, absolutely not, absolutely not. Absolutely not.
One of the most important things that you should do when making a film is make sure that your script has been written before you start shooting. Don't write it while you're shooting. That's a huge mistake. We did an entire film where they were writing the pages before the shoot like hours before the shoot and nothing made sense and it was contrived and simple and the jokes were dumb and it and the entire movie had no point not no point at all it was worse than the 70s movies it was just i, I have no reason no understanding why this is happening because it has nothing to do with anything there was no plot because it wasn't you have to outline it first outline your story to make sure everything flows and Use editing principles. If it doesn't forward the story, it's got to go. Even your jokes should forward the story or they got they, they must go. It's a fire sale. You got to get rid of them. If you don't get rid of them, you're going to hurt your story and it's going to be terrible. So make sure that you've rewritten your script at least twice, at least twice. Two of my shorts that I did are, are are literally first drafts. I didn't go back and fix anything. And you know what? I'm pretty proud of myself that they turned out as well as well as they did because I didn't go back and fix anything. I didn't go back and try anything. I didn't go back and say, boy, that's terrible. I don't want that. I just filmed it straight from my head. And that's a bad idea. And I got lucky, honestly. The next thing you got to do is get actors. You can get actors, you can get bad actors, you can get terrible actors, and they'll usually work for free because nobody else wants to hire them and they think, I've got to have a reel to show how good I am. A lot of times they're not any good. And that's why they don't have a reel, because no one wants to cast them. And that's okay. They should just take acting classes from somebody like me, for example. Just give me a contact. I'll be glad to help you with acting. In fact, in many cases, I'll just do it for free as long as you're in my film. Right? Cool. But it's better that you pay the actors for two reasons. One, you're going to expect more out of them. So you're not going to let any Joe Blow on your set. And two, the actor will have a responsibility to you. Look, I'm paying you. I really need you to do a better job. That'll help a lot. People's re people take responsibility for what they're doing in a job. And this is one of those times when you pay them. Hey, it may actually make them be better actors. Or they'll realize they don't ever want to do it again because it hurts. And acting sometimes can hurt. The best thing about it, though, is that just because you pay actors doesn't mean you have to pay the actors. Sometimes you can do it for free. You get your little group of people. You talk to them about the script. They really like it. And people, people will do it for free, especially if they know you have zero money. One of the problems that I have is that people look at me and they say, oh, he's a professional. He's got all this experience. He must have tons of money. No, I don't have tons of money. You know, if you want me to have tons of money, you need to go and buy like everything I have for sale in my store and I'll have tons of money for a month and you're going to need to do it again. I mean, every month you're going to have to buy everything in my store and I would have tons of money. That'd be cool. You could do that, right? But actors will do it for free as long as, you know, you pitch the product to them and they do. I've got two projects right now. Uh, one is fully cast. We're just waiting on people to help with the uh, wardrobe. And guess what? Somebody else is paying for the wardrobe besides me because I can't afford it. The most I can put them in is, you know, something I get from the the, the, the Salvation Army for a dollar right now. And that's the way it goes. You know, I can afford you no know, $100 outfit 
for this actress to wear. And then I've got it in my closet for the rest of time. And I can't wear it when I'm not that small. And two, you know, it's, you know, girly clothes. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. I mean, if you want to wear it, you can. Once you've got your film finished and you put it into the editor, put it together and you say, this is great. I've cut it all and it looks great, but it sounds horrible. That will ruin your movie faster than anything. Make sure that you've got your sound nailed. They're at least really close. Have you ever watched something that's been filmed on a uh, on a camera audio? It sounds terrible most of the time. Why does it sound terrible? Because of that background noise. Because they're not up against the microphone. The background noise is as loud as they are. And it sounds bad. If you spend all your time making this the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, but your sound is awful, it will make everything seem terrible. All those great effects and all those great things will be terrible. Adding music, just like this podcast, I'm adding music underneath. There's music sitting underneath. It makes it sound better. If I, music wasn't there, it might be a little bit more boring. The sound is very important. It's almost, in fact, it's more important than your camera. Having good audio is more important than having a good camera. Uh, you can get away with a crappy camera as long as your composition is correct and your lighting is right, but you can't get away with a crappy sound. You have to have good sound and even mediocre sound could be good. Just as long as it's not that camera audio. You'll be all right. So now you've got your sound, you got your composition, you got your lighting, you got your actors, you got your outfits, your costumes. Everything looks great. Everything's wonderful. Watch that thing like four times and have one of your friends watch it four times. Have another friend watch it four times to make sure that it's correct. Just like the screenwriting, you are making a giant mistake if you don't watch your final product over and over and over again until you want to puke. Now, I'm not talking about the one that's in your editor. I'm talking about the one you exported. Make sure you have watched that from beginning to end multiple times. This is where you're gonna find your mistakes. You're gonna find your flash frames. You're gonna find your audio. Can't You can't hear it because the music's too loud. This is where you're gonna find, oh man, there's a stray clip in there. I didn't mean it. That happens to everyone. To make a good film, all you have to do is spend the time, spend the resources, and make sure that you got the little things right. The more people you can have help you on your project, the better. If you do it by yourself, there's gonna be mistakes every single time. It'll drive you nuts. Assemble a team of people who you trust, who know their job. Not just some guy that you found on the street or your best friend from high school who says, hey, I've got some time today. Find someone who knows their craft or at least understands the craft and is willing to work for possibly free hopefully free because it's a small film. It's made by you, for you, for no one else. These are the films that will make you the most happy in life and you should do it. And you should do it tomorrow. You should do it today. My name's Paul G. Newton. I'm glad you're listening today. And my voice held out for this long and it's about as far as it's gonna go. So guess what? I'm gonna stop torturing you and stop torturing myself. I'm gonna edit this thing and uh, uh, read my blog with paulgnewton.com or 
buy something from my store. Remember, if you bought a bunch of stuff from my store, like everything from my store, I could have tons of money and and, and be, be making films all the time. You can do that. I know you can. Thank you.